You can meet and hear journalists Mark and Molly Hemingway, LCMS President Matt Harrison, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordleone, Pastor Peter Bender of the Concordia Catechetical Academy, and Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. For more information, visit issuesetc.org or call 618-223-8385. Psalm 139 tells us that God is watching every one of these young bodies as they're growing in their mother's womb because he placed them there. Persuasion is replaced with punishment and mercy is replaced with vengeance. Pluralism is replaced with conformity and debate with deplatforming. Signing the cross belongs to the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. It's at birthright. It's truly Catholic confession for all Christians. It's a possession that belongs to everyone within the Christian church. We wake up with resolve and we go to bed with repentance. We wake up and we pray, Lord, may all my doings in life please you. And we go to bed praying, forgive me for all the sins I've done this day. Stay-at-home moms in Philadelphia love listening to issues, etc., while breastfeeding their babies to sleep at night. Death threats, threats of violence, acts of vandalism, protests out in front of your congregation, all because of one word on your church's sign that faces the street. The word is beware, and it's attached to a local drag queen event. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Live on this Friday afternoon, January the 27th. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to be talking about threats of violence against a Lutheran pastor and congregation for opposing a local drag queen show. Pastor Tyrell Bramwell of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Ferndale, California, will be our guest. Pastor Eric Salamik joins us after that. He's executive director of Lutherans for Life. He's written recently about Lutheranism and human dignity. And then Pastor Chris Rosebro will be alongside for our feature this week in Pop Christianity Today, megachurch pastor Andy Stanley on gay Christians. Pastor Tyrell Bramwell is pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Ferndale, California. He hosts a weekly podcast called Cross Defense. Tyrell, welcome. Thanks for having me on the show, Todd. Many regard drag queen events as quirky but harmless facet of our culture. How do you respond to that? Yeah, the quirky slash harmless suggestion, I, I think it seems to be coming from the cultural memory that that drag historically had a sense of campiness to it. You know, the, this idea of like Mrs. Doubtfire or Bugs Bunny or these sorts of things, some like it hot with Marilyn Monroe, whatever. This aspect of it certainly does have that harmless notion to it. And there is, there's some legitimacy to it, actually, I, I would say when we're looking at drag from the perspective that it's obviously not normal for men to dress as women. And therefore it brings a sense of, of humor to a given situation that it can actually be useful in art. And that's one of the arguments we've been hearing a lot here at St. Mark is that this is just art, but that is not the drag that we're faced with today. That's part of the LGBTQ culture. That drag that we're, we're confronted with today is actually a weaponized tool to queer our society. And I don't use that word queer in a derogatory sense, but as LGBTQ advocates use it, the queering of our culture is the professed agenda of the LGBTQ. So drag is a real and present danger to our neighbors in this regard. It's no longer a campy tool to uh, 
criticize or to uh, offer some critique to a, a given situation through art or through anything like this, it's now a weaponized tool. Tell us the story about your objections to a local drag queen event. Yeah, so we got word that there was going to be a drag show here in Ferndale. Ferndale is a town of about 1,400 people, very Midwest America on the coast in California, actually. But we got word that this drag show was going to happen at a local concert venue in town. And when we spoke up again, so we used our church sign to warn our neighbors that there was a drag show for kids coming to our town. And it would have been the first drag show period, but it was also an all ages drag show. So we used our sign. We changed our sign every week. And we told our neighbors, beware, drag show for kids coming to the old steeple here in Ferndale. And this just stirred a backlash from the LGBTQ community around us. We were considered to be hateful. The language of warning, the beware, is taken as hateful from those who are opposing the church and, and our message. What kind of reaction did you receive from supporters of the Drag Queen event? Well, the initial reaction was um, one from the owners of the steeple, from the, uh, the the owners of the concert venue, wanting to dialogue, wanting to talk about the use of the sign and why we chose it was fitting to put their name on it. We had an hour-long sit-down and talked about the ins and outs of why we thought it was necessary to call them out, and I, I let them know. I wasn't intending to call them out, but that is where the drag show was happening, and they wanted me to change it and to take off the four kids because it was all ages and to put up something that would be more appropriate. Their suggestion was family friendly. And I said, I'd love to help you guys, but I can't put on family friendly when something like this is not friendly to families. They said, well, how about just all ages? I said, well, I, I could do that for sure, but it is for kids, isn't it? No, it's it's for adults too. So, well, is it for adults? Yes. Okay. Is it for kids? Uh, not just kids. So they wanted to have a little debate about the use of the language. Ultimately, we agreed to disagree that we weren't going to uh, budge on our positions. After that, they they started portraying themselves as victims, that I was bullying them and trying to hold them hostage, and that if they would cancel the show, I would take down the sign. And I did tell them that. I'd be happy to take the sign down if the event was canceled. And they spun that to the media as you know bullying and trying to stir up hate against them and, and stirs of threats from the community. And that I was even preaching to the congregation that they should threaten them and they should chastise them and these sorts of things, which all are false. None of them happened. So that was the initial reaction was a, a really good sit down. After that, it was nothing but harassment on our voicemail here at the church. We had, <laughs> we had some dog excrement put on the sign. We've all kinds of things. And most seriously, we've, we're back at the city council trying to fight against a hate resolution. There's been a, a hate resolution presented to the city council against our sign, particularly as the example, but all messages that are hating toward LGBTQ people and uh, non-binary people, BIPOC people, all the different words, trying to get Ferndale to affirm itself publicly as a place where hate has no home and these things aren't permissible. Talk about, uh, and if you would try to explain, the anger and the threats of violence that you and your congregation have received. Sure. Well, yeah, we've, we've received a, a number of threats, harassment, protests public shaming. We even had a uh, magic spell cast against the church. <laughs> they range from very juvenile, repeated phone calls, kind of from the 
college age kids in the nearby area just trying to mock us and make fun of us and things like that to actual threats against my family by name, email mentioning my wife and children by name and a, a whole bunch of uh, horrible things that they want me to witness happen to them before we're all dead. And we've had a call for me to be taken out on Instagram, very general and vague that one was, but it's still a, a threat and the police take it seriously. And also that our parsonage be burned down. Of course, all these things delivered with uh, choice language and words. The congregation too, you know, they, they experience threats of different types. We have several business owners here on our main street. Our main street is the focal point of town, very small, quaint little main street. And she's lost business for her connection to the church. I've been threatened with different protests and boycotts and these sorts of things. You know, we've been in this since 2021, actually. This is, our sign has kind of stirred up some controversy before from the LGBTQ. And so it's two years, 18 months worth of threats that have come in, in varying waves, depending on what the sign is saying and their outrage against it. How has your congregation responded? Oh, well, it's been a learning experience. <laughs> None of us, we were a sleepy little church. No one was really ready for this, but we've responded really well. I think I'm very proud of the congregation for its its willingness to be faithful to God's word. We've been drawn into the, the fight. We're in this arena where we are kind of leading the way in our area of reacting to this and, and trying to show the gospel, also speak the law. And every single member of the congregation has responded to me personally with support. Pastor, we're with you, which I know is very big for a lot of pastors. There's this internal political balance that they're trying to uh, maintain with their people. And, and sometimes pastors can get very afraid of, of speaking boldly when they know that it's clear they can speak that word, but they won't because they're afraid of maybe the sheep biting or something like that. And I haven't experienced any of that. Everyone is, we wish it would go away. We wish we weren't bearing this cross. But at the same time, we feel a sense of uh, joy in being able to suffer in this regard. We've been doing a lot of study in the last uh, year and a half looking at Acts, looking at the early church, looking at how Christians throughout the, the ages have suffered through persecution. Because in America, we don't really see this a lot. And what we've kind of come to the conclusion on here at St. Mark is that we've had a season of peace that you know all of our older members of the congregation, their entire lives, they've never experienced this level of persecution directly at the church in no uncertain terms. And so it's shocking to us. And the knee-jerk reaction is to say, well, pastor, could you please tone down your language? We got through that real quick. No, we're not doing any language that's hateful. We're, we're saying we want to offer healing. We want, we want beware of this. So our language isn't the problem. It's the culture. It's the world we're in. And we've been just leaning back on scripture, seeing how the Lord promised that this would be the way it would be, that we would be hated because he's hated. And just you know, seeing that God is faithful, it is causing the, the members here at St. Mark to be faithful. They want to be faithful, no matter what that means for them. And it's this growth process in our spiritual walk, in our faith, has been amazing to witness as a pastor. I uh, couldn't ask for a better congregation to be going through this with. It's been great. Have any other local churches come to your support? Not publicly. No, we get a lot of phone calls and emails and text messages to the church specifically, and then also privately to different members. A lot of congregation in the area in the county, they do support us, but that nobody has put their foot in the waters yet. Nobody has come to our to our side in the fight. We've often wondered when or if we should start 
trying to rally those troops, try to maybe write some letters to some some leaders. Here in town, we have six churches historically. We're down to four active. We have LCMS here in town and an ELCA, which is really interesting in our small little town. We have both represented. And the ELCA church has actually stirred up this controversy, brought news media against us, has used Luther's words and, and Paul's words, Christ's words against us, trying to say we're not loving. That's unfortunate. The other church has actually caused a lot of the division for those sitting on the sidelines watching this unfold. They're seeing another reason not to be involved in the church. Like, look, these people are just fighting among themselves. We have a Catholic church in town. They haven't spoken up. We recently just had a protest against our sign by the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which is a nonprofit organization that started in San Francisco that mocks specifically Roman Catholic culture, but all of Christianity. They were here. It's men dressed as nuns, very flamboyantly, and they mock all things church. They had a communion service with peach rings as the communion element. Then they were doing it in remembrance of St. Johnny Cash, and they were singing his Ring of Fire song and all of it. It's just, it was a non-judgment day service that they just had. So I've reached out a little bit to the, uh, we have two Roman Catholics present here, priests, a man is trying to start a, a monastery here. And we've spoken about how he could be more involved and he hasn't really pulled that trigger yet. And yeah, the long and short of it is, no, we, we would love to have some support to show this isn't just a St. Mark thing. I'd love to have some support with the, you know, within Synod too, because I've been portrayed as a rogue LCMS pastor. We have a family of a previous pastor who still lives in town and now goes to the ELCA church. And they, they're they always on the front line portraying that, you know, dad wouldn't have done it this way, but Pastor Bramwell doesn't have the love of Christ like dad did. So we are making some back behind the scenes efforts to get the district and different LCMS presence involved so that people can see that all I'm doing is proclaiming the same thing that St. Mark has proclaimed since 1893. That's how long we've been here in Ferndale. And our message hasn't changed. Maybe our willingness to speak it faithfully has shifted from pastor to pastor. I don't know. I can only speak about what I'm doing. But yeah, we would definitely welcome some more support. <laughs> I take it local law enforcement is aware of the threats against you, your family, and the congregation. Yes, absolutely. We send over all the threats, all the anything as minor as it may sound. They're aware of it. They've been very active and and friendly toward us and trying to take care of us. We also have some law enforcement here in the congregation, and we lean on their expertise and things like that as well. So, on that end, yeah, definitely taking it very seriously and considering this in terms of both kingdoms and relying on those in the vocations and their various vocations to do their work. How have the media covered this story? Well, we are in California, very left-leaning area, and the media definitely goes with that. They've unfortunately been very partial to the LGBTQ proponents of their victimization and that I'm a bully and we're haters and bigots. And it has been very one-sided that way. There's one startup media outlet that's trying to push back on that and they've been very helpful in trying to get my side of things out. But no, the traditional legacy media here in Ferndale, our most close proximity-wise news outlet is is completely against us and, and for them. And the most popular one in the county, same is true for them. We're the agitators, we're the, we're the bullies, we're the haters, and uh, they're the victims. In fact, the, the media has been able to do this so well that we just saw that the county passed a hate resolution and they cited St. Mark as uh, one 
current example of why the county needs to move to outlaw this sort of hate speech and hate events and hate crimes. We're talking about threats of violence against a Lutheran pastor for opposing a local drag queen show. Pastor Tyrell Bramwell is our guest. When we come back, some would say, why are you getting involved? Why don't you just preach the word and administer the sacraments in your congregation? You can meet and hear journalists Mark and Molly Hemingway, LCMS President Matt Harrison, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordleone, Pastor Peter Bender of the Concordia Catechetical Academy, and Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. For more information, visit issuesetc.org or call 618-223-8385. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's life ministry is thousands of people sharing Christ's love and mercy and giving witness to our Lord's creation of life, His design for marriage and the family, and the God-given value of all human life from conception to natural death. Working with many partners, LCMS Life Ministries sponsors human care efforts that meet the needs of body and soul and provides resources and educational events for all ages. To learn more, email lifeministry at lcms.org and visit lcms.org life. Contending for truth in an age of anti-truth. You're listening to Issues Etc. Lord, help us ever to retain the catechism's doctrine plain. What makes a church unique? Perhaps we should ask what makes a church faithful. Calvary Lutheran Church of Elgin, Illinois, continually learns Christ's doctrine, simply explained in the small catechism. This doctrine teaches us Christ crucified who even today comes and serves his baptized children in word and sacrament to forgive, strengthen, and teach us for daily life. This, Christ's own work among us, makes and keeps Calvary Lutheran Church faithful. Visit us at clce.org. Memoria Press award-winning Latin programs have successfully taught hundreds of thousands of students across the world. Their easy-to-use, step-by-step Latin curriculum provides students with an academic vocabulary, a mastery of English grammar, and strong critical thinking skills. If you're interested in learning more, visit memoriapress.com and save $5 on your next purchase by using the coupon code LPR23. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. We're talking about threats of violence against a Lutheran pastor and congregation for opposing a local drag queen show. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. Pastor Tyrell Bramwell is our guest. He's pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Ferndale, California. The Lutheran Option with the Lutheran Church Missouri Center President Matt Harrison. Speaking Truth to Power with San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordleone. Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee on Cancel Culture, a Q&A with journalists Mark and Molly Hemingway. These are some of the topics for the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. The premier conference for Christian laity is Friday, June 16th and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. Registration is $140 and includes three meals. On-campus dorm options are available. Find out more and register at issuesetc.org or by giving us a call 618-223-8385, making the case June 16th and 17th in River Forest, Illinois. Tyrell, some fellow pastors sadly might suggest that while drag queen events are certainly wrong, they don't hinder your ability to preach the gospel or administer the sacraments, and they might ask, so why are you getting involved? 
Yeah, sadly. I love my neighbors and all, all the members here at St. Mark. We love our neighbors. We want to serve them. We want to take care of them. We want to do what we can to show the love of the Lord to them. We don't want them to be led astray. So here we are sitting in this community. Our neighbors are our friends, our family. Some of them are strangers. We have, we're have we thinking about neighbors who have yet to come that will be in the future, should the Lord delay. In our minds, we approach this with the gospel on our lips, doing evangelism, proclaiming the gospel to all nations. One thing that we've leaned on, this is a really interesting quote attributed to Martin Luther. I don't know if he actually said it, but Luther said, uh, if it's true, that if we profess with the loudest voice and the clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God, except precisely that little point which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking, we're not confessing Christ. However boldly, we may be professing Christ. So we can claim to be Christian all we want, and if we're not actually engaged with the spirit of the age and trying to combat the evil that's leading people astray with the light of Christ, then we're really, what are we doing? We're not really confessing Christ, even though we may feel like we are. He continues by saying, where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier is proved. And to be steady on all the other battlefields is mere flight and disgrace if he flinches at the battlefield in front of him at that point. And that's how we're looking at this. None of us are comfortable talking about LGBTQ issues. They're not our favorite thing to talk about and engage with. We'd love that you know a drag show wasn't coming to our town, but we see it in the sense of this is a duty for the love of our neighbors. If we're going to love our neighbors in more than just a word and talk, so Sunday morning, maybe that's the word and sacrament aspect that uh, brother pastors are talking about. If we're going to love our neighbors more than just word and talk, but indeed in truth, this is how it's going to happen. We're going to engage the things that are hitting our neighbors right here, right now, whether we like them or not, whether we're really exposed to them on the ins and outs or not, we're learning this stuff. This has become a ministry for us. We're really engaging in the concept and the, and the, the concepts, I should say, surrounding the LGBTQ movement and, and what it's been doing. And you know, being here in California, we're six hours north of San Francisco. We're kind of at the in the outer ring of that epicenter. This really is an opportunity for us to proclaim the gospel by engaging our neighbors where they're at. We like to talk like that as pastors, as Christians. We like to say, well, meet the people where they're at. Well, this is where they're at. And where they're at right now is being fully bombarded by drag shows and transgender bathrooms in the schools and all these sorts of things. Don't we have a voice to speak to that? Can't we bring God's order to this chaos? I would say, yeah, I appreciate that. Yes, law and gospel and word and sacrament, all those things, all the things we know, but we have to do it where it's at or else what's the point of it? We have to bring it to the battlefield in front of us. And in Humboldt County, California, the battlefield in front of us is one that's full of LGBTQ rainbow flags and transgender movements and drag shows. And so we're speaking and we're speaking in love. I was really saddened to hear that it, some of ostensibly your fellow Christians there in Ferndale are stirring up threats against you on account of this. And they would probably say, in addition to being a bully, you're being a Pharisee. How do you respond to that accusation? Oh, yeah. We see this. I see this and that sort of accusation. This is very much the um, Ephesian riot scenario in my mind as I'm trying to navigate this in real time. And we have Christians coming at us. We have pagans, atheists, people of all stripes coming at us. But especially, it does sadden the heart to have Christians come at us and accuse us of hating and being pharisaical and these sorts of things. My mind immediately goes to the silversmith riot in Ephesus. We 
the economy was being disrupted by the preaching of the gospel. The people's securities and their livelihoods and these sort of things, the status quo was being disrupted. And so it was a knee-jerk reaction to lash out at the apostle, to lash out at the preaching of the truth. And that's to be expected. And when we when we hear that, we understand that that way we can have sympathy and grace toward those who even come in the name of Christ and try to shout us down and convince our hearers that we're haters and caught in the law. We can see it again you know, with uh, the early example, the apostles being arrested. And what was that for? That was because the high priests, a uh, high priest in the council was was jealous, right? There, there was a status quo. There was a power play. So this is just to be expected. It's sad. It's it's not true. It's false, of course. We're not hung up on the law. We're, we're proclaiming the gospel. We're not taking Christ's cross and spitting in his face by allowing sin to continue and calling it love. We're going to take these blows and we're going to take the opportunity to even help educate those Christians who see this through the lens of the world, the way the world sees these things, and, and take this opportunity to say, you know, is that really how the, the Lord would, would have you approach his creation and, and how you carry out your life? Are you to just sin that grace may abound? By no means. We're to repent. Yeah, so there's a whole history here in our area, in our part of the world, that strong Christian witness hasn't been present for generations, and it's obvious. Much of our engagement with the other Christians who are coming at us is that it's one of sympathy, one of mercy and grace, hearing what they're saying, refuting it, rebuking it, speaking truth back into that, filling the vacuum with God's word, not just leaving a void there. And we can do this best, actually, by engaging them in the moment where they're trying to say that. And here at St. Mark, we're, we are turning this into sort of our, our ministry. This is where our activity is. We've been accused of not doing things, physical things for our neighbors. That look how, how selfish this congregation is. You look on their website, they don't have any sort of a food pantry or homeless missions, or they're not doing anything to, to take care of their neighbors, but they say they are, but they're only saying it by preaching their little words on their Sunday morning services. Well, I counter that by saying, that's the greater mission. We don't have those things for just various different reasons, but we do have God's word and we're willing to use it and speak it to people, even fellow Christians who have been led astray, if they will hear it. We're happy to preach it to you, to teach it to you, and to hear your part too. Hear what you have to say and then counter that with what the Bible says. To me, that's the mission. That's what we're here to do first and foremost, and we're willing to do that. We're happy to do that. Talk about how opposing evil will be dangerous for Christians. Well, it will be, absolutely. The Lord promised us, as sheep, we are going to be surrounded by wolves. There's a sense of danger that comes with being a Christian all throughout the New Testament. You look at Scripture, and it's there. It's built in. This kind of goes back to what I was saying about we have a generation of Christians still alive today. Most elderly Christians in the church have never experienced the dangers that other Christians throughout the world have experienced throughout all time we're going to face the same dangers that have always been present. And we've been blessed through a season of peace to not have to endure. So on one hand, it's not a surprise. We need, we should be, have our eyes wide open, face those dangers, rejoice in the suffering that comes with those dangers, not shrink back, not be cowardly in regards to 
bearing the the threats and and experiencing it. I had a, a brother pastor recently in all this uh, hubbub. He he asked me, "What about your family? Are you worried with the threats that you're not serving them in in your vocation as husband and father?" To me, it was a wonderful word of love from him, but it was also kind of missing the point. I don't need to get caught up in those weeds. I know I'm doing faithfully according to them as as husband and father. I need to be faithful as pastor too, and and ultimately lean on Christ, lean on the Spirit to take care of us, and that everything is in His hand. We suffer from this age of safetyism. Truly, thoroughly, we are caught up in a in a culture that idolizes being safe at all costs, and and with that comes a selfishness. Well. Christians are not defined by safetyism or by selfishness. Our Savior's service to our neighbor is what defines us. And he, he does take joy in using us and partnering with us to be his messengers to the world. And when we look back in, in history, we see how the martyrs, the, 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 the flame of faith was fanned by their, them being in danger and ultimately dying because of the faith. So what's a little danger for us today compared to the glory that awaits us? We're not going to shrink back from that or or be cowardly in, in the face of danger. We're going to take the danger in stride, actually. We can take it with a, a light heart, kind of bringing it back around to, to drag. We can take danger with a, a sense of campiness to it, a sense of treat it frivolously, not seriously, because we've been baptized into Christ. What is death to us? It's nothing. It's lost its sting. That's the ultimate danger we face as humans. And for us Christians, that's been solved. It's The problem's been dealt with. Go forward and convey the truth with boldness and love and let the Lord take care of you. Let him worry about every little hair on your head. What can we do to help? Prayer. Prayer is the number one thing, of course. And seriously, when you pray for us, you are bearing this burden of the cross with us. And so I, I just implore anybody and everybody listening to, to pray and and you guys here at Issues, et cetera, thank you very much for getting this story out and, and talking about it. I appreciate that already. That's that's great help. The number one thing that can be helpful, not only for us, but for the faithful church, the entire synod going forward, is for pastors and people to be Lutheran, be who you are. What we're suffering from here in Ferndale, part of it is that people don't know what Lutherans believe. They were shocked to hear a church in their community would say, beware of a drag show. Why would they say such a hateful thing? Well, there's some ownership we have to take in this, that that means they didn't know who we were as Christians prior to this event. Why? Because we weren't standing faithfully on God's word. We were hiding in the crowd. Or there's all kinds of, I mean, we can have lots of grace for that, but there's a sense of ownership too that they should have known who we were and they shouldn't have been surprised to hear our voice at this issue. So be faithful, be faithful to your Lord, to the scriptures, to the confessions that we hold to, especially pastors, you know, con confess the truth, take the, the bites from the sheep because it's, they're a lot gentler than the bite from the wolf. And then you'll be prepared to, to counter the attacks from the world and the, and the, the false religions out there. Because what we're experiencing, the isolation, we're very isolated geographically from the rest of Synod, but also uh, theologically, confessionally, I would say we're isolated as well. And so we do seem to be the rogue, the one who's out of step with Christianity. Our neighbors think we're weird and backwards for not thinking you know drag shows are, are okay. If everyone is standing up and speaking this truth, that is a great help because we can point to each other and say, look, we're, we're not alone. I'm not the only guy saying this. This is what scripture says. 
we all stand on the same word and we all take our lumps together. We all are going forward in this way. This venue of being able to get this out and thank you for that question. If we can all be faithful to the to the word that we hold to and that norms us, the fight will lean to our advantage much easier. Pastor Tyrell Bramwell is pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Ferndale, California, and he hosts a weekly podcast called Cross Defense. Tyrell, thank you very much. Thank you. We will discuss Lutheranism and human dignity with Pastor Michael Salamink, Executive Director of Lutherans for Life, next. Several Issues Etc. regular guests are candidates for leadership positions in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has received nomination forms for the president and vice presidents of Synod. Please encourage your pastor and congregational leaders to fill out and return these nomination forms before February 28th of 2023. Learn more at issuesetc.org 2023 nominations. Issuesetc.org 2023 nominations. One of the most difficult decisions that a spouse has to make is the decision to put their beloved husband or wife into a long-term care facility as a result of mental illness. In the February issue of The Lutheran Witness, the Reverend Michael Casting tells the story of how he cared for his wife during her struggle with Alzheimer's and how he came to grips with this decision. To find out more, you can read his article in the February issue of The Lutheran Witness. Visit cph.org witness or witness.lsms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Did you know that Luther Academy has been providing continuing education for confessional Lutheran pastors and lay people worldwide for more than 20 years? Luther Academy promotes confessional Lutheran theology through conferences, scholarly exchanges, and publications like Logia, the Confessional Lutheran Dogmatic Series, and Luther Digest. Find out more about Luther Academy and sign up for their free email newsletter at lutheracademy.com. lutheracademy.com. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial-A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial-A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Your lifeline to the Lutheran worldview. You're listening to Issues Etc. Our school is committed to authentic Lutheranism, the entire Book of Concord, and indeed to authentic Lutheranism as it has continued to be confessed and practiced through the centuries right up into our own time. Dr. Cameron McKenzie, Chairman of the Department of Historical Theology at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We're committed then to biblical, confessional Christianity and Lutheranism and applying it to the world of today in as effective a way as we can. You can find out more about studying for the pastoral ministry at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, at ctsfw.edu, ctsfw.edu, or call 1-800-481-2155, Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana.